with Tony Tone and LA. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It's your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight live and direct in what is the beginning of the old February. For some, the year has been going extremely quickly already, but for me, it feels like it's been going forever. Anyway, um, special thanks to everyone uh, lending in all their support and tuning in to the Kobe Bryant podcast that we did last. Uh, that's up for y'all listening. If you haven't heard it, you can follow me on at the real LA21 and at Random Attractive Friends uh, for more information. Now, it's an interesting one. I was reading a book uh, by the famous Australian, I guess the UK can probably claim a bit as well, but let's uh, leave it at famous Australian author Clive James, who in his uh, memoirs of when he was a young kid growing up in the 40s and 50s in Sydney, Australia, made the comment of uh, my sexuality I learnt later on, what it was that I liked and enjoyed, uh, but when I was young, I was as queer as a coot, <laughs> you know, so he was into obviously watching, uh, you know, doing all sorts of things that curious boys do, uh, and now, even when you talk to sort of... Um, if I use my mother for an example, she used to always say, well, when I was young, I was a bit of a, a tomboy. Like, I used to always hang with the guys and used to always uh, chill out and, you know, play basketball and, and that sort of thing, you know. So that uh, from the previous generation was, was quite common with... Um, I guess an appreciation of not just set rules, but also, you know, doing different sports or hanging out or uh, youth exploring uh, their sexuality as it comes about. Now, the reason why I've given this lead-in is because the topic I'm about to address today uh, is actually a difficult one for me because... Personally, I'm, I'm disgusted by it, uh, but my role as as I see as a sort of journalist is to provide an observation on it. Um, so we'll get to the facts now, which basically is that parents are administering to their children puberty blocking medicine, uh, meaning that it basically will, if they feel like their daughter wants to become a uh, son or vice versa, they have medicine which allows them to uh, essentially stop um, the hormones developing, so like breasts or beard or whatever, which down the line makes it easier for a sex change. But, you know, whilst I'm of the view of a liberal society that if when you're older of sound mind... Uh, and you want to do that in your life, well, I mean, by all means, like, knock yourself out. Where I draw the line is I don't think that parents should be dictating to kids who may very well just be the innocence of exploration, uh, determining 
not only what they're going to be, but also the health implications for it. Uh, I've used the Australian and the Economist um, for referencing on this one. So like always, I'm not trying to make money out of this. I'm literally trying to shut down London to have a huge party of fireworks with Tony Tone. Right, that's enough rambling. Let's get into the topic of discussion. Uh, the number of children and teenagers at Queensland, which is a state in Australia, publicly funded transgender clinic has risen 330% over five years with an 85-fold spike in patients taking controversial drugs to block puberty. In 2018, the 207 trans or gender diverse patients, up from 48 in 2014, and the Queensland Children's Hospital Clinic in Brisbane, with 171 on the puberty blocker Luprolin and 30 getting the opposite sex hormone testosterone, according to the first data obtained under FR Freedom of Information Act law. Gender clinics in rich countries are witnessing a surge in teenagers, chiefly girls, and often with multiple problems, suddenly identifying as trans and seeking gender-affirming hormonal treatment, and sometimes surgery to refashion their bodies and ease the distress of their condition gender dysphoria. Uh, when I would say multiple problems, I'm reading out uh, what's written in the article. It's not my personal thought of them, you know. The teenagers, <laughs> they're going to be doing their own thing. Clinics follow the pro-trans affirmative approach, claim their treatment is life-saving for suicidal trans youth and attribute the rising caseload to greater acceptance, dismissing any role for social contagion via online platforms or social peer groups. Some practitioners fear that identity politics encourages the affirmative approach to fixate on gender, ignoring underlying problems and downplay the risk of harm with a rising number of regretful detransitioners ahead. Uh, which does actually happen. There are there are people that do do it and then uh, regress it later on. Uh, okay, so then the next thing is here. We'll have a look at what's happening in the UK where there's, there's further more information on it as well. A rising number of girls wish to be boys and boys wish to be girls and a rising number of them are taking drugs to block puberty. In Britain, cases of children being treated for gender dysphoria by the National Health Service remain rare, but in the past decade they have climbed at a rate of 50% year on year. In America, the number of gender clinics treating children has increased from just one in 2000 to perhaps 50 today. So the numbers aren't exactly that crazy, but if you look at the, the growth and then the change of the society, what they're trying to essentially preempt is they feel like that it's going to grow a lot more as it is and why they're having the discussion right now on it. So this has bothered lawmakers. In America, several states want to ban giving puberty-blocking drugs to children. In Britain, the High Court is considering the judicial review of a clinic which complainants believe has been handing out puberty blockers too freely. I mean, how does that work? You just walk in and you're like, hey, Tonk, and he's like, hey, how you going? What do you have a couple of puberty blockers, mate? The use of such drugs raises thorny questions about who decides what can happen to a child's body and why. Put aside the cultural wars if you can. This debate should be settled in the interest of the child, yet those can be very hard to discern. And this is where I'll go off on a slight bit of a tangent. This is the crux for me. I do not believe that the parents or Elder people can determine what a 12-year-old child um, 
wants, nor do I think that the child could dictate on such a serious matter without full knowledge um, and, and consequences of, of, of what it's going to mean for them later on because their experience of life is, is so young and short-lived that, you know, I think that it's something that at least from 18 or 21 onwards that, that should be put in. I don't think these decisions should be, should be made so young. Puberty blockers prevent adolescents from developing secondary sexual characteristics like breasts or a beard. They almost always set off a cascade of interventions and involve cross-sex hormones and later may also include gender reassignment surgery. The main purpose of puberty blockers is to bring comfort to people with gender dysphoria by sparing them experience of saying becoming more like a woman if they are a girl who wishes to be a boy. They also most future surgeries, they also make most future surgeries less severe. Jesus, I've eventually got there. However, the combination of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormone also leads to irreversible changes, which if they start early in puberty, include sterility. Sterile meaning um, unable to reproduce, uh, so you can't have children and that sort of stuff. Uh, about a dozen studies of gender dysphoric children who did not take puberty blockers found them most of them, if supported by counselling, are happy with their sex once they emerge from puberty. The share often cited is 85% and many of them turn out to be homosexual. One sign that something is wrong is that more people are detransitioning, re-identifying with their biological sex. Most of them are girls who wanted to be boys when they were in their teens. Again, this is not something new. It's like I was giving you an example with my mum who uh, had you given puberty bloggers, I wouldn't be here. I'm sure some listeners are probably like shame. <laughs> Did it happen? But anyway, to put it in perspective, um, yeah, many of you wouldn't even be here today if, if this was available during your parents' generation. It's facts. Most of them are girls who want to be boys when they're in the teens. If they look if they took puberty blockers and then cross-sex hormones each, they would be sterile for life, even if they did not have hysterectomies. As of now, there is no way to distinguish the 15% or so of children who have transitioned successfully from the 85% who might have been happy with the gender of their birth if they received counselling alone. Some claim that withholding puberty blockers as the burden of vulnerable children with gender dysphoria may lead to a higher rate of suicide. Um... To ban puberty blockers in all circumstances would be unjustified. Uh, even with that article, I kind of disagree. Um, but I guess you know, to be to be fair, as 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 a journalist, like there are probably specific cases where you know it's a definite on that 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 should proceed. Um, of which case, I think that there should be proper checks in place, and that's I guess what I'm really trying to to say in my own discussions. I, I perfectly see that in, in life there will be, you know, people that are different and people that from the very start want to go down that path um, and therefore should be allowed to. But, you know, the argument could be that you should get to it earlier and save people the, the hassle and the stress. But unfortunately, in this one, I've got to end it with I really think that we need to at least have a checks and just say, like, all right, you know, let's wait to an age of 18 or 21 or, I mean, I think 18 is fair enough to have decided or 21 and then make that 
available to the person. Now, judging by what I've read, they'll say, well, you know, therefore the body's already developed and it's harder, etc., etc. Yes, I see where also that argument's coming from, but at the same time, once you change, it's pretty hard to go back. And if they're saying already in the articles and they haven't been sued for it yet that it's causing people to go sterile, um, that's that's not only a very serious thing, but also harks back to uh, many governments that have been intervening trying to sterile their population. An example would have been in Eastern Europe with the Romanov uh, gypsies they were trying to do. All right, so, look, let me know what you think. Uh, drop me some messages on the real LA 21 And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got a few more things coming up, uh, coronavirus and other things as well. Keep it unlocked. Uh, please subscribe because I hate promoting podcasts. It's, like, really annoying. <laughs> ah, peace.